Thank you for joining us today for the Central Word, a podcast ministry of Central Baptist Church, Texarkana, Arkansas. Today's episode is from the morning message of October 30th, preached by Brother Steve Carter. We pray God's blessing on you as you listen to this message. Here now is Brother Steve Carter preaching from Isaiah 55. Central uh, Baptist Church, and we sang in the choir. We used to wear choir robes, and, and I, I'm just thinking we were over there, and we'd go in that little room, and we'd put on the robes, and we'd march up this door right here, and we'd come out here and sing. Uh, Joe Griffin led the music then, and <clears throat> Carolyn Matthews was in charge of the choir. Uh, Beth used to sit over here and play the piano. June was over there on the organ. Uh, David Watkins was the pastor at the time. Y'all, y'all remember any of that stuff? Yeah, I remember too. I have great fond memories. Uh, my wife and I were Sunday school teachers down this hall, right over. I think it's right over here. Uh, we taught uh, juniors. Jun- they were called juniors then, young kids. Young kid. And we taught that class uh, for a while. Uh, I don't know if any of you were kids here then, but uh, uh, <clears throat> but some of the some of those kids I I, I do uh, do remember. Uh, the Griffins Griffins had a daughter in there, and uh, June and Charles had a son and a daughter in there. And uh, there were some others, which I, I can't remember. Just like I, I introduced, uh, or you introduced me, several of you introduced yourselves to me when I came in. I can't remember your name, except Steve. I can remember Steve back here. Remember that name, okay. <clears throat> <laughs> but I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 55. Look, look with me in there for Isaiah chapter 55. Uh, <clears throat> And we're going to read one verse here, and then I'm going to talk about just about every verse in this uh, in this chapter. There's just 13 verses in there. Try to make some comments, make some references to just about every verse. Uh, and it's, it's a very good chapter here in the book of Isaiah. Uh, and so we're going to look at that one verse to get us kicked off. <clears throat> one of the things I appreciate about being here this morning is you've you've helped me meet one of my goals. One of my goals. Uh, some time ago, my wife bought me some new pants, and she was very optimistic about the size of my waist. <clears throat> and I've not been able to wear those pants until today. And I said it a go. I'm going to wear those pants today when I come to Central uh, Baptist Church. So thank you. Thank you for helping me meet that, uh, that goal in my life. Y'all probably don't have problems with that sort of thing. Uh, I read just this week. Maybe you saw it too, I don't know. that uh, It's not dryers that ca- cause your clothes to shrink, it's your refrigerator. <laughs> y'all, y'all had some of those problems? So, I know, I know our president said he was going to end hunger uh, by the year 2030, and I, I'm just thinking, man, I sure wish he'd hurry up with that. And, and maybe he could end that a little bit, a little bit sooner. 
All right. Would you stand with me? Isaiah chapter 55. I'm going to read verse number 6. I do a lot of joking around uh, and interacting with people, and, and that's, just, that's just my nature. But when I get down to the Word of God, I'm pretty serious about it because it's God's Word to us. God speaking to us this morning. Uh, so look at verse number 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Now let's bow for prayer. God, add your blessings to your holy word this morning. Help us to realize it's your voice to us. It's your will to us. It's your, your speaking uh, to us. I, I, God, I pray it might be clear in our hearts. and We just might have a desire this morning uh, to seek and call upon on you. Uh, to see what your will is for our lives, to, to understand uh, about life and understand about eternity and a greater insight into spiritual things. God, I'm not worthy to be here this morning and presenting your word, so God, pray that your word just might speak in spite of myself. Uh, I pray that you might forgive me of my shortcomings and my failures and my weaknesses. And, and God, just speak to our hearts this morning because you are great and you are good. And we just want to praise you and thank you for that this morning. So we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you may be seated. Well, I don't know if you're like me or not, but sometimes when I am working on things, I have a tendency to drop little parts. Maybe it's a little screw. Uh, a, a little bolt, a little nut, or something like that. And, and I have a tendency to drop things. And when I drop things, they never fall right out in the open. They're, they're never out in the open. I, I don't know why. It seems like there's more odds of them falling and falling right here in the open where I could see it, but they don't ever do that. They fall under something. They fall into a crack. They fall... Uh, you know, they bounce and they roll and, and you, you just think, wow, how did it end up over there? I was working on my watch the other day. It has a little bitty battery in it. I was going to take my battery out, put a new battery in. I dropped this battery. It was watches like this. And, and dropped that battery, a little bitty battery. Uh, I, I, had, I went in my bedroom. I put on this bright light and, and was doing it where I could see it. And the thing fell out. And I was thinking, where is that thing? And so I had to get down with a flashlight. I got down on my hands and knees. I would get down on my hands and knees this morning, but I might not be able to get up. And, and, and I started looking and searching for that little bitty battery. Eventually I found it. It was up under uh, a nightstand. And then I got that battery. And guess what I had to do? I had to get my magnifying glass and, and look at that battery. And I was trying to think, see what the numbers were on that thing. See if I was going to replace it or not. And I had to get my magnifying glass, get the light. Y'all have these problems? Get the light just right and look, look. And finally I got the letters off there. And, and I said, I'm going to look that battery up, see how much that thing costs before I go to any more any more problems and the battery was eight dollars and ninety five cents so I got me a watch for nine dollars and ninety five cents <laughs> so one of the points I want to make here this morning from this passage of scripture is that when it comes to God's word we need to seek it with diligence we need to seek it with diligence if it takes getting down on your hands and knees 
and searching God's Word and looking to God for answers, then that's what we ought to do. We ought to want a word from God this morning. You want a word from God this morning? Do you want God to speak to your heart? Do you want Him to reveal Himself to us this morning? Do you want Him to let His will be known in your life? Are you anxious to hear the truth? Do you want it unfiltered and you want it without man's opinion and you want it without any political input and you want it without any, uh, any outside influences? You want to know what God is saying to your heart this morning? Oh, let's search and seek for God's Word this morning. Let's, let's desire a Word from God in our hearts this morning. Is that, is that how you feel this morning? That's how I feel. I, I want God to speak to us. In spite of me being up here this morning, I, I want God to speak to us this morning and speak to you, revealing himself to you. And this is what Isaiah was saying to the people of Israel. You need to seek the Lord. You need to seek the Lord. And call upon him while he is call upon him while he is near. Over the next next prophet over, book, book of Jeremiah, he says, You will seek me. And you will find me when you seek with all your heart. When's the last time you sought for God with all your heart? When's the last time you got down on your knees with your flashlight and your magnifying glass and you say, God, tell me what's, what your word really says and, and what do you want to say to me this morning? I really want to hear from you in my heart, in my life. When's the last time? A hypothetical question. Don't, you don't have to answer that. I can tell by looking at you that it's been a while. But Listen, that's what we need to be doing. It's searching and seeking God's will, God's word for our lives. The book of Joel, he's telling the Israelites, you need to return to me with weeping and fasting and mourning. Weeping and fasting and mourning. Whenever you, when's the last time you sought God like that? With a heavy heart. With a troubled heart. And with a troubled soul. And with a troubled spirit. And with great intensity and great passion that comes from way down deep within you. Oh God, I want you. Speak to my heart. Speak to my heart. Jesus told a parable about a, a widow who wanted vengeance on someone. And so she went to a judge and was seeking vengeance or revenge. And the judge said, no, 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 we're not, I'm not going to do that. The judge was not concerned about her. The Bible tells us the judge was not a believer in God or pretty much a believer in anything. He said, no, I'm not going to do that. But you know what? That widow kept going back to that judge and says, I want a judgment. I want a decision. I want an answer. And the judge said, now listen, I'm going to answer her just because she's just, she's just such a big bother to me. I, I'm just going to do it. When have you been persistent in searching and looking for an answer from God? A lady told me just, just in the last couple of weeks, and, and she's a pretty new convert, pretty new Christian. And she's talking about the way she found answers from God. She takes her Bible, and she opens it up, and then she thinks there's the answer right there. And, and I've heard of people saying that. You may have had that experience sometime. I've just opened your Bible up, and there is the word God has to say to you. It's not always that easy. 
Let me tell you, it's not always that easy. I mean, you've got to come to God with all your heart, and you've got to do it with weeping and fasting and mourning. I, it's not just that easy of just opening up the book. It's a heart thing. You've got to be ready for it. You've got to want it. You've got to desire it. You've got to be seeking. You've got to be searching for it. You've got to be looking for it. Jesus told a parable about a, a man who went to his friend's house at midnight knocking on the door. Hey, I need some bread. I've got company, and can you give me some bread? And the man came to the door and said, Hey, man, it's midnight. What are you doing here at my house? Don't be bothering me. But the man, I need some bread. And, and the Bible says that and the man inside gave him the bread because of his, really it's because of his persistence. His persistence in asking and seeking and looking. And then right after that story, Jesus gave this famous verse, which y'all all know. Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be open unto you. Can I get nosy? Can I just put my nose in your business for just for a minute here? I'm going to put my nose in your business. Okay. You don't have a pastor. You're searching for a pastor. You're looking for a pastor, right? I mean, you need to get your heart into it. You need to seek with diligence. And you need to not just be looking at qualifications, what education and that sort of thing. What you need to be doing is looking to God what is the answer? Who, who do you want for us? God, send us your person. Send us your man for this ministry, for this church, for, for this community. Okay, that's all that. The other point I want to make this morning, it's probably a longer point, so y'all don't think, oh, whew, he's halfway through, because I'm probably not halfway through, okay? <clears throat> you need to seek God at definite times. Seek God at definite times. Let's go back and look at verse number 1, Isaiah here, chapter 55. He starts off with this word. If you got the King James Version here, I don't know what version you use. He starts off with this word, ho. Ho. Now, some versions translate that, alas. And some versions don't even put that word in there. They only put that word in there because that word is an interjection, uh, uh, interjection which you know emphasizes the importance of what is to follow, and, and this word also implies there's a sense of mourning or regret, mourning or regret. And so, as I see it in my mind, that Isaiah could see the circumstances of the people of Israel and see their sin and see their rebellion and see where they were. And so with this interjection, this crying out to the people, with a sense of sadness, he starts off with his word. He wants to get people's attention. And he cries out for commitment. He's crying out for commitment where he says, Come to the waters. Come to buy. Come to buy wine. Verse number three. Incline your ear and come. Come. What do you think Isaiah was telling the people there? He was saying, come. 
You've moved away. You've moved far from the will of God. And with a great sense of perhaps a little bit of despair and a little sense of sadness and a sense of regret, he's speaking to the people. He's urging them to come back to God and commit or recommit their lives back to the Holy One of Israel. Back to the Word of God, the plan of God, the will of God. You see how many times he repeats that expression there. Come, come. God speaking to you this morning? Is he speaking to you? Is he saying to you, you need to come back to where you were? Or you need to come to a place where you need to be. Perhaps you were never there in the first place. And this morning he's saying you need to come to this place. You need to be at this level of your spirituality. Or you need to be at this level of service. Or you need to be at this level of involvement. I don't want you just to be a a person who sits on the pew. I want you involved in the ministry of reaching out to the uh, to the world and to uh, to the lost. You know we have a we have a time at, in the sermons we we call it invitation or sometimes we call it we call it the commitment a commitment time. When God's speaking during those times, we really need to listen, don't we? And during those times, we really need to seek. What it is God wants us to do? I'm afraid many times the invitation is always for somebody else. And that's the way you do it sometimes. We have the invitation. I hope God speaks to somebody over on this side this morning. We, we should come to that time saying, God, speak to my heart today. Reveal your will to me. Show me where I need to change. Show me my faults. Show me my shortcomings. Oh God, speak to my heart. What commitment do I need to make? One of the times we need to really be seeking God is at a time of commitment. Another time we need to be seeking God is times of consideration. Times of consideration. So let's consider your situation this morning. And let's consider the situation of the Israelites this morning. Let's go back to verse number one. He says, Hold everyone that's thirsty. He saw the Israelites as being thirsty people. Now I don't think he's talking about here. You know, they needed a cup of water. He saw them as very much lacking when it comes to the water of life. They were thirsty. They were were missing out. They, They had neglected. They had avoided the Word of God and and the will of God for their lives. They were living in sin. They were living in paganism. He said, you you are thirsty people. Look at the next part of the verse. And he that hath no money. They were poor people. They were poor people. 
Again, I don't think he was talking about people who didn't have any money in the bank or any money in their billfold. He was talking about people who were just poor spiritually. They were poor spiritually. And so we see that you look at these people and they were they were thirsty and, and they were hungry and, and they were without money. They were they were broke. And, and verse number two says, Wherefore do you spend money that which is not bread and your labor of that which satisfieth not? These people were looking in places that were non-satisfying. They were looking outside the will of God. They were looking outside the word of God. They were looking to paganism. One of the kings during Isaiah's uh, reign looked to the Syrians for help for Israel. That was the solution, he thought, in his mind, to Israel's problems. We'll go over here to the Syrian government, the Syrian king, and he will help us with our problems. Where should he have been seeking? Where should he have been looking? He should have been looking to God Almighty. He should have turned to him and got down on his knees and prayed to God, Oh God, help us in this time of crisis in our country, in this nation. I really don't know what to do. Please help us. Please come to our, uh, come to our aid. Do you know people today who are searching solutions to their problems, but they search outside the Word of God, and they search outside the will of God, and they search outside the church, and they search every possible solution out here that mankind could possibly offer. And Isaiah is saying to those people, why are you spending your money on stuff like that? It wasn't real money they were spending on it. Even though sometimes we do spill money on those sort of things. Why are you looking for something that will not satisfy instead of looking to God who can satisfy you? Look down at verse number 3. Incline your ear and come unto me here and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. God wants to make an everlasting covenant with us. Your soul shall live. God offers life to your soul, life for eternity. He offers hope to you this morning. Why are we looking somewhere else? Why are we seeking somewhere else? Why aren't we searching for God? Why aren't we searching for God's answer to us? Verse number four says, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation thou knowest not, and nations that knew thee not shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God. And for the Holy One of Israel, he hath glorified thee. I want you to consider the witness here. Consider the witness that he talks about briefly in these two verses. He uses the word, he refers to David, but I think He's really referring to Jesus. He's really referring to Jesus as our leader. He's really referring to Jesus as the one who gives life. He's really referring to Jesus uh, as the one who can glorify you. You see, the people didn't know about Jesus 
so much at that particular time. But we know about Jesus, don't we? We've heard about Jesus, haven't we? We know what Jesus can do in a person's life. We know how Jesus can change a person's life. Let's consider that this morning. Let's seek what Jesus wants to do in our life. Let's seek how Jesus can be the leader of our life. Let's see how Jesus can take a person from nothing and change them into something. Let's consider how Jesus can use the weak to confound the strong. Let's consider that this morning. And let's seek and call upon God's name. God, do it in my life. Be a witness unto me that, that I can testify about. Be real unto me this morning. Look at verse number 7. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord. He will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon we need to seek God during times of conviction. During times of conviction. Those are times in your life when it's really getting real, okay? God is really, he, he's speaking to you about things you have done wrong. He's thinking, speaking to you about, about sin in your life. <clears throat> and so he's saying to the wicked, you need to forsake your ways, and the unrighteous man, you need to forsake your thoughts, and you need to, you need to turn from those things. And during a time of conviction, perhaps we need to be seeking God. God, what do I need to confess? What do I need forgiveness from? What do I need to turn from in my life? Oh, please, God, convict me. Show me the truth. Show me the way. See, I probably could get up here this morning and name a bunch of sins, name a bunch of activities and behaviors and that sort of thing. And you say, well, yeah, my. But when God convicts you of those things, now we're getting real. You're getting real about it. See, we need conviction, conviction about our, our, self, <clears throat> our self-dependence, our self-importance, our self-knowledge. Look at verse number 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. i tell you what now, I, I don't know if y'all Facebook people, but if y'all read Facebook, there's a lot of people out here on Facebook got God all figured out. Hey, they got him all figured out. And they got him figured out according to their standards and their opinions and their beliefs and the way they think things ought to be. And, and, and according to human logic and according to science and, and reasoning and, and that sort of thing. And a lot of folks got God figured out and got church figured out, got Christianity figured out, and they got all this figured out uh, because they are relying on their own ways and they're relying on their own thoughts. They're relying on their own opinions. They're relying on their own whatever, experiences, childhood upbringing and culture and that sort of thing. But I tell you what, what does it say here? God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. 
They're much higher. They're much, they're much different. And the only way to figure that out is come to the Word of God, seek with all your heart, seek with diligence. God, show me the truth. I want to know the truth this morning. I want to know the truth. I, I don't want another person's opinion. I just want to know the truth of your Word. What are you saying about who you are and the way uh, that it should be? And I think when we get down to searching God's word like that, with that kind of intensity, we find out it's much different than what our culture thinks about God. It's much different than what our culture thinks about our church. It's much different than what the culture thinks about Christianity. It's much different than what our culture thinks about morals or values or anything like that. It's much different than that because God is so much different from us. You know, God had consulted me when he was doing some things and creating some things. I, I would have changed things. I would have made myself a little taller, I think. I, I think I would have made yeah, a little taller. I'd want to be a little bit taller. But God didn't consult me about that. He made me the way that I am for, for a purpose and for a, for a reason. If God had consulted me, I might have said, Man, all these different religions is a good idea. God, that gives everybody a multiple choice. Everybody got freedom of choice, multiple choice out here. You just go choose religion and, and you, can, you can make it to heaven. God didn't ask me about that. He said, there's only one way. It's through Jesus. There's only one way. It's through Jesus. We need to be convicted this morning about the sureness of God's Word. We need to call upon God's Word this morning. God, convict me. Speak to me about the sureness of... You know, look at verse number 11. Well, verse 10 goes with it, but I'll just read verse number. So my word, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. I tell you this morning, based on the word of God, is God's word can be counted on. God's word is true. It's going to happen like God says it's going to happen. It has happened like God has said it has happened. The answers are in God's word for you this morning. The answers are here. And when I say here, I'm pointing to my Bible, I'm pointing down to this printed word of God, but really the printed word of God is just a reflection, it's a revelation of God himself, Jesus himself, it's him reaching out to us and speaking to us. And there lies our answers. A lot of people have doubts about the Word of God this morning. Well, it couldn't really happen. You know, his miracles really weren't really like that. And, you know, Jesus wasn't really raised from... The, I mean, we have so many questions and that sort of thing. But I'm here to tell you this morning, this verse, right, I believe this verse right here. I believe this verse we just read. It shall not return void. It shall accomplish what I please. It's going to happen. 
It's going to happen. And when God promises something, you can count on the promises of God. I hope God convicts us about that this morning. I hope God convicts you this morning about that. He really speaks to your heart. He drives it home in your, in your heart this morning. Well, let's see. Let's speak about... <clears throat> Let's seek God during times of celebration. Verse 12 and, through, 12 and 13. For you shall go out joy and be led forth peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. All the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorns shall come up the fir tree. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Don't you just love celebrations? Don't you just love worship times? Don't you just love when the music is just right and the singing is just right and people's heart is in it and the, the spirit of the people is in it? I, I mean, it, you just feel it. It's overflowing. It's just, I, I don't know, a feeling of warmth, a feeling of joy. It's a feeling of celebration. A seek God during those times. Those times when we have set aside as worship times. Those times when we have set aside as celebration times. Let's really seek God with all of our hearts. One more point here. I told you the second thing was going to be longer. Let's seek God during a crisis. Let's seek God during crisis. Crises. Let's seek God during those times. That's oftentimes when people first turn to God, when there's a crisis, when something goes wrong, there's, uh, there's a fire, there's a hurricane, there's a tornado, there's a disaster, something like that is occurring, and then people start seeking God, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. The Bible tells us, Psalm 34, that He is close, God is close to those who are brokenhearted. He's close to us when we are broken hearted. You got a crisis in your life this morning? Something going on in your life that you just feel like it's overwhelming and overbearing and just putting so much pressure on you? Man, seek, seek God. Seek God. You see what he said here? Seek the Lord while he may be found. Does that mean sometimes God can't be found? You ever thought about that? Sometimes God can't be found? I was reading this verse over here, these verses over here in Acts chapter 18 this morning. If you want to look over it again. Acts chapter 18, verse 26. You can just listen if you want to. And this is talking about God. He hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth and hath determined the times appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Don't we have a great God? He, he's created it all. He's designed it all. He has a purpose for it all. Look at verse 27. That they should seek the Lord. He's created all this. He's designed all this. That we should seek the Lord. And the King James says, if happily, if happily, they might feel after him and find him. You know what the word happily means? It means perhaps, maybe, possibly. They might happily feel after him and find him. 
though He be not very far from every one of us. You see, God's all around, right? He's ever-present. He's omniscient. He, he, he knows your heart. He, he knows what you're thinking. Uh, he, he heard the words to our songs this morning. He heard the words to our, our, our sermon this morning. But are there times? Is there coming a time when God may not hear? Is there coming a time when you'll have no more chances or you'll have no more possibilities to cry out unto God? Isaiah indicated that was the case. He was telling the Israelites, cry out to God while you still have a chance. We find the Israelites did not repent. They went on their merry way. They kept doing their own thing. They ended up in bondage. They ended up with Jerusalem destroyed. They ended up with their temple destroyed. Uh, they ended up suffering the consequences of their sin. They had an opportunity. They had an opportunity to repent, turn back to God. At this time, when Isaiah was speaking to them, when it was a time of commitment, when it was a time of consideration, when it was a time of conviction, when it was could have been a time of celebration, in a time of crisis, they could have called out to God, but they did not do it. You could call out to God this morning. You could seek God with your whole heart this morning. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Let's bow to prayer. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of The Central Word. We are so glad that you were a part of our message this morning. Um, pray that you have a great week and that this message would serve to edify you as you walk daily with our Savior.